0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Drive into the Basket, now part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's right. We are excited to announce that we have partnered with TBPN in our ongoing efforts to provide you with uh, the best content we possibly can. Uh, wouldn't expect much to change, really, uh, aside from a short ad read we'll be doing once per episode. The uh, show should pretty much go on uh, as it has been. Uh, as we've said many times in the past, we intend to always keep this a, a very listener-centric Episode, excuse me, very listener centric podcast. Uh, I can't reiterate enough. We've said this many times uh, as well. Always love to hear from uh, from you guys. Love to hear feedback, uh, ideas for future content, really anything. And uh, you know, as ever, we we can't thank you enough for uh, for supporting the podcast. Uh, really, your support means a great deal to us. So, as usual, I'm here with uh, with Dante and with Tommy. How are you guys doing?
1: Well, ah, doing pretty good. Excited um, about the change, but I think you really nailed it. Uh, even though it is a change, it's a we could expect it to be a minor one. And at the end of the day, we're keeping the show listener centric, and we're just aiming to bring you the absolute best product that we can. So I'm excited to get into it.
2: Yeah, I'm excited too. Uh, certainly love hearing from people. We just created a Twitter account so we can hear from you guys. That's at to the pod. Uh, we'd love to hear from you there as well.
1: Big things.
0: Indeed. So this episode is going to kick off our draft coverage. So what we're going to be doing in uh, the what I believe is three and a half weeks until the draft lottery, which is on June 22nd. The draft itself is on July 29th. Uh, We are going to be bringing you uh, in-depth profiles on the top four prospects. Uh, Really, you have the consensus top four in this draft. Kate Cunningham, Evan Mobley, Jalen Green, and Jalen Suggs. Uh, So we're really going to get into it uh, really in depth on on each one of those prospects. Uh, If it comes to it, goodness forbid that the Pistons uh, end up picking fifth or sixth, we will cross that deeply unfortunate bridge if we have to. Uh, And even after the draft, excuse me, after the draft lottery, uh, after we know where the Pistons will fall, even if it's one of the top four, we'll probably spend a fair amount of time looking at options the Pistons might have should Troy Weaver, uh, as I think we all consider likely, uh, attempt to trade up into, uh, into the late first rounds using those three second round picks uh, the Pistons have in the upcoming draft. They've got uh, the picks belonging to the Raptors, uh, the Lakers, and the Hornets. Today's episode, we are going to focus on Jalen Suggs. But first, a quick message from our sponsors at DraftKings.
1: All right, guys. So today we're here to tell you about DraftKings Sportsbook. I personally love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new betters, and there's pretty well limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends and family have been using it. They love DraftKings Sportsbook. I know you will too. So listen really quick to this great offer, okay? So, DraftKings Sportsbook, it's putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100, and those are in site credits. So pick any basketball team that's still in contention bet a single dollar. And if that team wins, you win a hundred dollars in site credits. So don't forget DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, pretty much any sport you could think of so much more all week long. It's safe, secure, reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you'll claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, one with it
0: So just a quick profile, Jalen Suggs, 6'4", 6'4", 205 pounds, uh, technically point guard, you can call him a combo guard, that's what he played in college. Uh, he uh, recently finished up his, uh, his first and only year at Gonzaga, uh, where he was uh, really the key contributor uh, in that team's uh, trip to the NCAA finals, uh, where they lost to Baylor, I believe it was. And so uh, really, what are you going to get in Suggs? All right. So this is, he's very much a lead guard sort of player. Uh, a guy who is at his best on the ball. Did play off the ball uh, a fair amount in, uh, at, at Gonzaga, but really at his best on it. Uh, very uh, pretty athletic, not an elite athlete, but, uh, but, but definitely quite athletic. Strong, dense, absorbs contact really well. Uh, he's definitely a, on offense this guy's just an attacker uh loves to to try to penetrate to the basket seeks out contact uh he's he's definitely uh it's strong in terms of body control in terms of finishing through contact guy runs the four really well in transition uh really actually a third of his scoring opportunities uh were in transition this last uh in his year his single year at gonzaga uh he uh is a guy with good passing, Has good vision, particularly in the pick and roll, he moves well off the ball. Uh on defense, he just loves to get after it. Uh he was he was certainly, I would say, one of the better defenders in the NCAA. Uh and uh one thing that is one thing that is, is uh, often uh stressed uh to where Suggs is concerned is the guy's really just a competitor, goes out every night and and gives it his all and and just wants to compete on uh and, and really just go after it, I don't know a way of putting it, on both ends of the floor. So T's uh, really, at this point, uh, projected to go anywhere between second and fourth, depending on the team that's picking. Kate Cunningham, of course, is the is the consensus first overall. So, uh, yeah, we, we definitely got a lot to talk about as, as far as Suggs is concerned. So uh, I would just ask Tommy. I know uh, you're really the draft guy between the three of us. You do the most research in the draft. Uh, what do you like most about Jalen Suggs?
2: Yeah, that was that was a really good uh, description of his game. Watching him play, I think the most impressive thing to me is that the, the energy that he brings uh, to his teammates. Right now, you know, you look at the guys that the Pistons have. They're all professional. They're all hard workers. But when Jalen Suggs is out there, and when he gets like an and one. He gets so hyped up and so excited. He plays with so much passion and fire. And I think it's not that the team lacks that right now, but Jalen Suggs is definitely a guy who can bring that. He has that winner's mentality, and he's definitely going to try his hardest, not only to get himself the best opportunities, but to hype up his teammates and get them energized and playing as hard as possible. And when you think about what Weaver likes, like the personalities that he likes, I think Jalen Suggs fits that bill very, very well. Because Suggs is a guy who, by all accounts, is a very hard worker. And Weaver has that quote that he, he kind of, when he started the job last year, he said, we draft people, not players. That's paraphrasing it. But the idea behind that was he trusts that if he brings in a guy who has like, a really strong work ethic and loves the game, they're going to improve. you know. And he trusts that. And so far, he's stuck to that. And it's paid off in, uh, well, in Sadiq Bay. Isaiah Stewart, those are two guys who uh, have come in and they've really made an impact in the league almost immediately. And I think certainly part of that is the fact that they work so hard, and I think that is one of the biggest advantages that Weaver has is that he sticks to his his draft philosophy. And I think if you look at it purely from a fit perspective, that could be one of the biggest things. But we can talk about that later, I'm sure. But uh, Jalen energy, his energy, his passion for the game, uh, and his competitive spirit,
0: Definitely things that I really like to see. Oh, Yeah, yeah. what would you say, Dante? What, what's your favorite thing about Suggs?
1: I Well, I can't disagree with anything either of you guys have said. First of all, Mike, that was a good breakdown. Tommy, that was a good uh, more in-depth um, kind of look at what makes Jalen Suggs such a great player. Um, I wouldn't pick one single thing because really for me, when I was studying Suggs, um, I would say that three things really stood out. So the first thing, his touch around the rim, I think is just... Otherworldly. Um, we talk a lot about, or at least people in the NBA draft circle talk a lot about Jalen Suggs' athleticism. You know, he's an above average athlete, but is he an elite athlete? No, no, he isn't. Yet his first step is very, very quick and he can get to the lane fast. You know, he just kind of slams in there and, and, he, and he goes up. A uh, very good jumper off of two feet. Uh, Mike had noted previously when we were talking about it that he's not a, a great leaper off of one foot, which, you know, that might pose a problem in the NBA, but. If you just throw on any highlight tape, you don't even have to watch full game tape, just highlight tape, you'll see Jalen Suggs consistently get up, attack the basket, and he's very, very reactive when he gets there. And when the guys and I were talking about this earlier, I sort of misspoke, and I said that Suggs avoided contact, and Mike and Tommy were both like, well, what, what are you talking about? He, he initiates contact. He's a strong player. And I meant it more in the sense of because Suggs's body control in the air is so elite, um, he reacts in a way that you you very rarely see uh, at at a high level of basketball. I mean, no matter where other defenders are around him, he finds a way to contort his body and get a perfect uh, layup up there. And more often than not, it goes in. He's a very good finisher from around the rim. So all you have to do is watch some some Jalen Suggs uh, tape from this year to know that he's a very good finisher around the rim and he makes it look pretty when he does it. So that's number one. You know, he's a good shot creator and that's his primary shot. Um Number two, I think his defense really stands out, and that fits right into what Tommy said. You know, Tommy was talking about how Troy Weaver mentioned, we don't draft players, we draft people. And a part of that character is your willingness to play defense because defense isn't the flashiest, you know. It's not as, it's not as well sought after as, as offense is. But when someone is a willing, hounding defender like Jalen Suggs is, that's a boon for your team. I mean, he you can make the distinction between someone who's a pesky defender who in my opinion is is very tenacious and repeatedly comes at you and bothers the ball handler versus someone who's a hounding defender who possesses all of the qualities of a pesky defender but has the elite, well, not elite, but has good enough physical tools to really make a high impact when they do go tenaciously at the ball handler like that. And that's what I see with Jalen Suggs. He has very quick hands, good anticipation. He's constantly getting in the way of the ball. He's making things difficult for the offense. And he's a defensive disruptor. He really is, which is pretty rare from a 6'4 guard, you know, and that's someone with that drive, that heart, and that initiative to be a defensive, you know, heartbeat of the team. I think that's invaluable, you know, at the guard spot, and it's something that really stands out if you watch him. And then number three, I won't launch too in-depth into because I think we could get into it more later, but Jalen Suggs is a winner, you know, plain and simple. I, I think Gonzaga had some good players. You know, we talk about Corey Kispert. He's very good, very good shooter, but... Jalen Suggs was the best player on that Gonzaga team and the team was not one of the greatest college teams of all time. It was a relatively, you know, average, maybe above average team who really through Jalen Suggs' willpower made it to the NCAA finals and that buzzer beater um, in the semis, that was That was something to see. So I just think Jalen Suggs is a winner. We can get more into what that means and how that, you know, fits into the current identity of the Pistons. But yeah, those are the three things I would say, his willingness to attack the basket and his touch when he gets there, his defense, and the fact that he's a winning player. Those really, really stood out to me as the big shining positives.
0: Yeah. I'm going to echo you guys as far as referring to Jalen's mentality, uh, what do you want to call it—a winner's mentality, really hardworking mentality, whatever the case. I mean, the, the guy wants to succeed at and work. You, you know, he wants to uh, really compete, uh, outcompete anybody at, at everything he's doing. You know, and that's great. This is a guy who seems to have good leadership qualities, uh, who you can always count on. He's also very unselfish. You can you can just count on. He's a guy who wants to go out there and make a right play, which does, you know, you'd, ideally you'd like that to be the case with every player, but we all know that's not true. But certainly fit the character uh, that that Trey Weaver is trying to build with this team. And, of course, I'm, I'm referring to his mentality. Talent, obviously, is, you know, you're not going to win on culture. I mean, it's, it's a common, I think, a common misconception in in, uh, in Detroit Pistons war that, you know, you got a bunch of guys who just go out there and play hard and, and play for the team, and, you know, and that's the thing, of course, that you, know, you have to have that talent uh, in today's NBA more than ever. But uh, and and Suggs does have uh, certainly that uh, he does certainly have the mentality and uh, and and he does obviously he's, he's a very talented basketball player as well. Uh, the question I have is 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 he talented enough to justify uh, you know is he talented enough to be the kind of uh, to, to be the kind of star player the Pistons need? Uh, that's something we can talk about later. But uh, I appreciate his mentality. I appreciate on offense that he just wants to he just wants to really uh just get in there and and uh and not only is willing to absorb contact uh but really seeks it out that's a good quality in a player that reflects really just well on his uh his his fearlessness and his desire to win uh, it does separate him out for example from guys like killian hayes who is I'm sure it was his first you know first uh First season of the league after uh, you know a non-existent offseason. season, and really, mud, mud, you know, most of what we saw of him was after he came back from uh, from a, a, an injury that required a long period of rehabilitation. But uh, definitely didn't seek out contact for the most part. Alonzo Ball is a better uh, player to uh, to use as uh, as a contrast here. Alonzo just is completely allergic to contact, and it's one of the reasons why he has a hilariously low free throw rate. Uh, but yeah, I, I like the package of, um, uh, what I like about sucks is this package of, uh, of really winners mentality, hardworking mentality with, uh, with the amount of talent he has, uh, is he my favorite one of the top four? No, no, by no means is he, but that that's what I do like about him. So, uh, let's just get into, uh, into further profiling him on offense. I know I, Uh, I I know I talked about it a little bit in his overall profile, but uh, Tommy is is the one who's almost certainly watched the most, uh, you know, the most tape on him. Uh, You know, what would you say do you think uh, would sum him up as an offensive player, what he provides?
2: I see him as a guy who can potentially generate offense. I think that was something that the Pistons kind of lacked this year, even with Killian Hayes, because uh, he, he struggled to attack and Suggs does not have that problem when Suggs wants to go to the basket, I love how you put it. He is absolutely fearless. And we alluded to it. He's not the best athlete, but at times he looks like he is. Like he looks like an upper tier NBA athlete, even though he's not. Just because of how hard he attacks the basket, how willing he is to uh, split defenders, run directly into centers. He, he He's he's embracing this, this physical level of play. And that is just something that the Pistons kind of lacked this year from their offensive creators. So... That would be, you know, the sort of thing that he projects to be. Of course, to do that, and this is kind of getting into his weaknesses, he has to improve as a three-point shooter. It was only thirty-game sample size this year. He had some games where he, you know, kind of lit up the the the, the opponents from three, but thirty-four percent is not quite good enough to command respect from an NBA defense. Uh, Suggs has a good-looking jump shot. I think the form looks consistent. It's compact. It looks nice, but if it only goes in, you know, 34% of the time, there are going to be times where defenders will choose to go under screens. And the, what you absolutely want is to get Suggs to the point where the, the defense is never going to go under a screen. You know, if you, if if you get the defense committing to go over every single time, Suggs is going to have those opportunities to attack the basket. And that's where he's going to be at his best. So, unlocking his three-point getting his three-point shot up as much as possible increasing the volume I think that's going to be key for Jalen Suggs going into the future because if you want him to be that primary offensive initiator or even a secondary offensive initiator uh, he absolutely has to be a guy who can space the floor and is a spacing threat
1: yeah Tommy that conversation about spacing is very very interesting because uh, you say that it'll raise his his level as an offensive initiator Uh, You know, I would contend that he's a perfectly adept offensive initiator, uh, even without a super consistent three point shot. Um, He's doing that at the highest college level. And so you're absolutely right. If he can, you know, bury these threes at a high rate, it's. I feel like a Jalen Suggs who can do that is probably the number one overall pick in a lot of draft classes. I mean, he's so fearless. We keep touching on it, but it's the truth. All you have to do is watch him to see how fearless he is when he attacks the rim. And it's like I touched on previously. I'll echo it now. His body control in the air is ridiculous. He'll find a way to score. If he's able to get up there after he violently gets into the lane and he jumps up and he contorts his body, he, he's probably going to score because he's very determined to score. And now you combine that with the gravity of a very good three-point shooter. I mean, that's if, if you watch Jalen Suggs' shot too, I mean, some players come into the NBA and, and you think about Lonzo Ball, it's like their shot is just broken. It just looks broken. Suggs doesn't look broken to me. He looks like a guy who, you know, if everything goes right, he could be a good to really good three-point shooter and combine that with the other aspects of his game that make him a good offensive engine. And you have the makings of a very good player, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, I, w- I would I would say that there is concern uh, that when he gets to the NBA, his athleticism relative to his new opponents and their level of talent will become more of a problem, which is why I think it's absolutely essential that he does get that three point shot, you know, up into like the high thirties at the very least, because while he's an excellent athlete in the NCAA, he's going to be, you know, above average uh, as a guard in the NBA. And if you can't, if you can't get these guys off of your hip, I think he's going to struggle because I don't, like you said, he looks like he's like the most athletic player out there on the floor in college, but when he gets to the NBA, it could be a rude awakening for him. He has to be the type of player that is, who has diversified his offensive arsenal to the point that he has just a little bit more time to take advantage of that good uh, decision-making that he's shown and create more opportunities for himself and his teammates that way, because he's just not going to be able to out-talent uh, the best guards of the NBA, the best defensive players in the NBA. Uh, I I don't think you can just bank on him being, you know, a low to mid 30s guy uh, for his entire career and uh, call him a great value pick uh, in a draft class this loaded.
0: Yeah, of course, I think you definitely have to have concerns about him as a shooter uh, with you know, with with how important, with just how vital that is at the NBA level to be, you know, to be a, to, a spacing threat. Certainly, as a lead guard, I think there are other areas of offense, though, uh, as far as his uh, his overall profile that's, that that uh, merits recognition. Uh, as I as I mentioned uh, in his initial, just as in his in his profile summary, uh, he's a, you know he's a decent off ball player. Uh, again, shooting is going to be a thing you got to develop there, but uh, as as an off-ball player, he's a mover. Like some guys, you put them off-ball; they're a little sluggish or they just don't want to move that much. I mean, he's a guy who uh, who's kind of like a you know the energetic bunner really. Whenever he's on the court, and that includes when he's off the ball, uh, he is a very good cutter. He knows where to be. And uh, we've we've mentioned that he's not an elite athlete. That's true. He doesn't have elite burst. He's he's a very good two-foot jumper. He's not the greatest one-foot jumper. He's good enough, but not elite. So, but if you can catch him on a cut, uh, whether on an alley-oop. Or uh, or or just a standard cut, then the guy can launch off two feet, and then uh, he can almost score above the rim. But just the fact that he has that good sense about where to be on cuts is is very nice. Uh, If we want to talk about his passing, he uh, he's a guy who is reactive, just in terms not just about his passing, just in terms of his decision making in general, for the most part. Uh, what do I mean when I say reactive? I mean that he's a guy who who has an above average feel for uh, just reading and reacting to the situation as it develops. Uh, we have uh, on the Pistons an example of somebody on the opposite end of the scale. Uh, nobody's going to be surprised when I say the words Josh Jackson, uh, who has a horrible tendency to tunnel vision and just make a decision and... You know, if he makes an adjustment, it's a very obvious adjustment that generally ends in a turnover because it's an awful pass. So it's a skill that you have to have in the NBA: the ability to read and react and adjust. And if you're if you're somebody who's handling the ball, you have to have that at a high level. And I think Suggs does. I don't think he's like I don't think his his uh, his IQ is elite, but certainly good on the pick and roll uh, in particular he can come around to pick and you can identify pretty quickly if he's going to be able to get to the basket or, uh, or pass it. And some, you know, and then if he's on his way to the basket and a better opportunity arises for a teammate, then he can probably find that teammate too. And, uh, I, I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, recognize his transition game as well as, as both the passer and, uh, and the guy who runs the floor and scores and has scored a lot in transition or at least did during his time in the NCAA.
2: Yeah, I think you phrased that really well. The recognition passing is definitely there. Uh, I w- I actually think he's kind of underrated as a passer. Uh, I think that he, maybe it's overshadowed by the the willingness to attack the basket and just the athleticism that he showed at the college level. But he made some really really impressive passes. You know, the the vision is definitely there. I, I wouldn't say he's just making basic reads. Uh, I think he could. I mean, he's he's a point guard certainly for a reason. And if the Pistons wanted, I think they could make him their point guard, and that would go just fine. Uh, The combination of his vision and his ability to get inside and get where he wants, I think that's a great combination. He would definitely still need to, uh, it it would be contingent on it translating well to the next level. But as far as the vision in a vacuum, I think it's very, very good. You know, it's underrated, honestly. So uh, definitely a good point there. The the recognition is very good.
1: Yeah. And that, that reactivity that we keep talking about you know that sort of defines his game um, in all aspects it's it's not just attacking the basket you know it's it's like mike said it's with his passing as well this is a guy who in my opinion um watching him play you see that he's constantly making the right passes you know reminds me a little bit of sadiq bay when sadiq bay came in and was very professional with his passing you know you don't see him carelessly throwing the ball away very much and jalen suggs doesn't do that either um he watches the play develop in front of him i believe his vision is above average he sees what's transpiring and then he makes the correct read and, and he has the physical tools to make the pass. Uh, this applies to defense as well. Um, I mentioned prior that he had quick hands. He had a good feel for passing lanes. You very rarely see Jalen Sugg's telegraph that he's going to jump a passing lane and then get caught out of position. You know, I think it's funny that Mike brought up Josh Jackson because not only is Josh Jackson the poster boy for that on offense, um, he's kind of the poster boy of that uh, of that on defense as well. Josh Jackson's a good defender, of course, but I, I I found quite a few times this season he just really overextended himself, and it led to a very easy bucket for the other team. And you're not going to see a lot of that with Suggs. He reacts to what's happening to him. He doesn't, you know, kind of calculate and then choose what he's going to do and then stick to that no matter what. And this applies to all aspects of his game. So someone like that, and I'll I'll, I'll say this, and then I'll, I'll kind of fully go in depth later. Someone with Jalen Suggs' reactivity becomes extremely valuable um, in the playoffs. He becomes extremely valuable when the refs swallow their whistle. You know, the court gets smaller and plays are tighter. And someone with his feel for the game is a player that I w- definitely want on the court. You know, in critical situations.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned his his reactivity on defense. I think it's just be a good time to transition into uh, into where he pro- you know how he projects as an NBA level defender. Uh, it should be I definitely mentioned that, uh, or I did mention it that. He was he was very much a plus NCAA defender. Uh, he's a guy who wants to go out there and and really compete on defense, and that's not as common as you would like in the in, in the NBA. Which which to be fair, today is a very offense focused league. Important to have a good defense, but it's much more important to have a good offense. That's just how the game is now. Uh, and you know, I don't need to belabor the point that you're not going to win as a as a, a defense first team. Uh, but. Uh, you know, guys. If you look at Isaiah Stewart, who wants to give us all on both sides of the floor, and, and that's very very useful. <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, to have guys who really not only work hard but actually enjoy, uh, com- you know, competing hard and and, uh, and and making their mark on defense. Those guys are are not as common as and again. I'll say it again: not as common as you would like. So that that's definitely an asset. Uh, in, in the NCAA, you saw Suggs uh play well as a hounding defender. He plays passing lanes well, uh isn't really prone to gambling too much. And and just in general in, in general is uh is uh, is just a guy I think will hold his own on offense at the NBA level. Maybe maybe he has capacity as an above average guard defender. Yeah. Tommy, do you have any, any thoughts about his defense?
2: I think what you guys have said is uh is pretty apt. I I agree. He's just going to be a very pesky defender in the NBA. I trust that his strength will be something that he uses to it his advantage, the same way that he uses it to his advantage on offense. Uh, I don't think guys are going to muscle past him. I don't think he's going to get posted up by guards or even like medium sized wings very often. Uh, he's definitely going to be a guy who just he's going to take defense personally. Uh, that's what I see every time you know he makes these big plays. Uh, he he just he's so laser focused on you know trying to find like the one weakness or the the one little misstep and he will attack that. So I think what you guys have said is uh is pretty apt. So uh, I I just would reiterate exactly what you guys have said.
0: Yeah, it's uh, I mean I don't know if he'd be this kind of defender at the NBA level, but he uh, strikes me as having this sort of mentality. Uh, I remember. After the 2015 Finals, uh, in which the uh, Golden State Warriors beat the beat the Cleveland Cavaliers, and uh, Andre Iguodala was the MVP, and an article there was an interview uh, posted. Or it was more of an article, of course, taken from an interview, um, which uh, Iguodala basically said, you know, I just uh, I the more I play against other players, I just kind of build a, a defensive d- database, so to speak, for that particular player in my head. So then I know how to handle him next time. And you, you don't have a lot of guys who could really go to that level of effort on defense. And uh, I think Suggs would be one of those guys. Of course, uh, you know, what I, what I would look at at the NBA level, and uh, this seems like a good time to to transition over to the concerns we might have about him, is that he doesn't have a long wingspan. I mean, this is a, a six four guard with a 6.5 uh, six wings, wingspan, and that's, that's really not ideal. Uh, you know, it's on the smaller side. Uh, he's not like one of those guys like lucanard whose wingspan is shorter than their height but nonetheless it's 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 he's not gifted in terms of length so that will make it a little bit more difficult for him on switches so really have to rely on his uh, on his his overall defensive acumen to to serve him on uh, in, in possessions in which he is up against an opponent who might be like four or five inches taller than he is of course you know you wait and see how that goes and uh, there are other players who don't have the greatest wingspans to do fine on defense like Kyle Lauer who is only 61 uh, I believe and does not have a long wingspan if I uh, think I'm remembering that correctly and you know there are plenty of other guys who, who do it it's just a it's it's a it will be a disadvantage but uh, yeah so th- that's that's what I'd see on on defense for him at least as, uh, as a limitation.
1: You know, I think that um, it's interesting you bring up wingspan, Mike, because, yeah, you're right. You're you're limited in your tool set when you don't have this elite wingspan to kind of make up for your deficiencies. I think his tenacity is going to serve him very, very well. And I think it's going to kind of hide a lot of those physical shortcomings. Uh, I remember when I was studying his tape, there's a play, a uh, particular play. I think it was my favorite defensive highlight of his. Uh, I think it was against Baylor and Suggs is chasing the ball handler uh, right around the three-point line. He gets bowled over by a screen, um, and what the ball handler does is that he kind of loops out to the side, and it looks like he has a clear path to the net, but Suggs gets up so fast, like lightning fast, and gets back in front of the defender, or uh, in front of the ball handler, excuse me, that the ball handler has to change course, and he sort of panics, and and it causes a uh, complete offensive havoc um, just because he had the wherewithal number one and the willingness number two to get up and get in front of his man. And how do you counteract, you know, a short wingspan? Well, defensively, you have to put yourself squarely in front of the guy that you're guarding, you know, if you don't want him to get by you. And so, Suggs has got that quick first step doesn't just apply to attacking the basket it also applies to being out of position defensively and then getting himself back into position to make a good play so while I agree that the wingspan isn't ideal I personally uh, don't mean to disagree with you too much but I think he can overcome that with just pure tenacity and violence honestly
2: I think it's important to just remember he is a six foot four point guard Uh, that's still on the bigger end of point guards in the NBA we, who knows how long that'll last obviously uh, it seems like everybody's kind of trending towards 6-8 and that kind of is the future of the league but I think Dante you, you were alluding to it pretty heavily um, the guys who don't have maybe the best natural athleticism uh, they can rely heavily on positional defense being in the right place at the right time and I think that's going to be Jalen Suggs and his tenacity is certainly going to be a part of that Jalen Suggs moves his feet very well because he's trying so hard and I think that'll be one of his bigger advantages and one of the ways that he's able to try to overcome uh maybe this slightly smaller wingspan uh but again he's still six four. he's still I think 205 uh he'll, he'll he has the tools to be at least a good positional defender uh, if not maybe the guy who's poking the ball out uh, when he gets beat
0: no, well, fair enough. I did look it up. Kyle Lowry, six feet tall, six two wingspan. So it certainly can be done. I mean, Kyle Lowry. Anybody would say he's he's very good. Uh, the overall defender uh, definitely doesn't struggle on switches. Uh, does it through a combination of strength and smarts and work ethic. Uh, definitely could be the kind of uh, kind of defender. A uh, Jalen Suggs could be in the NBA. Yeah,
1: for sure. And that kind of denotes a certain floor right? I mean, I, I personally watching Suggs, I I don't see any way that he's not at the very least a useful defender um, in the NBA. And yeah, it's like you said, Tommy, that positional awareness, that's going to be his bread and butter. Um, He might have the physical limitations, but let's be honest, a lot of defending is not rocket science. You know, it, a lot of it is how willing are you? And maybe are you quick enough to get back into position to make sure that you're bothering the offensive player and Kyle Lowry does it and uh, Jalen Suggs does it too. So I think he'll always, always be a useful NBA player on that side of the floor. There's no doubt in my mind.
0: Fair enough. So uh as we move on to concerns. So we've we've talked about his uh his strength certainly. And you mentioned floor. And yeah, it seems like he has a fairly at least the very least, a respectable defensive floor. uh Tommy, you've already brought up the concerns about him as a shooter. And those are very, I would say, real concerns. You look at uh, you look at guys like, I don't know. You can look at De'Aaron Fox, who can't really shoot well, and is a, is a fantastic athlete, more athletic than Jalen Suggs is, and uh, and and just, especially if you're a lead guard, you just you know, if you're if you're any player, you have to be able to space the floor. If you are a lead guard, you've got to be able to shoot those pull up threes too. But uh, my primary concern, just overall, is that this is a player whose game. Might be exposed at the NBA level. Uh, by this, I mean that he'll, he'll have, he's going to need to make significant improvements in order to be an effective lead guard at the NBA level. If you look at him in the NCAA, yeah, he does love to drive. He's very fearless, but he's largely beating guys in straight line drives. Uh, you know, he's he's got good lateral movement in transition when he's just putting the ball on the deck and heading to the basket. That's not really quite so much the case, not much in the way of fakes there. Uh, it's basically just picking a lane and blowing past guys who are vastly less athletic and, and less good at defense than the players that he will be facing in the NBA. And, you know, he's going to have to adapt to that. To the fact that it's, it's going to be a big adaptation. The fact that he just can't, you know, put his body down and just drive through that straight lane You know, what does that mean? It means a lot like uh, Killian, who's much less athletic. So he doesn't, the Suggs doesn't have as far to go in this capacity. But if he really wants to unlock it, it's not only being able to shoot that three-pointer. He has to develop an in-between game, pull-up jumper, which he wasn't very good at. He wasn't good at, he wasn't very good at any jumper at the NCAA level. Pull-up jumper, floater. Uh, He's going to have to make changes to his game because if he just, if, and I I think he's the kind of guy who will work hard enough to do it can he do it properly? That's it again, just really a lot of it boils down to his shooting.
2: Yeah, I would agree with you. I like, I I was going to mention the, uh, the in-between game or the lack thereof. uh, So I'm glad that you brought that up. The other thing I would like to see him do uh, is add maybe a little bit more in the way of ball handling. Uh, I don't think he's the best in terms of, you know, changing directions in the half court. Uh, I think he right now is just relying really heavily on, you know, being heavier and being harder to move than the guy on his hip. And in the NBA, he's probably going to lose that advantage a little bit. So uh, being a guy who can be maybe shiftier with the ball, change directions more easily, uh, that would be something I think he could add to, you know, create advantages that way, regardless of who's defending him. Because if you have a bigger, stronger guy on you, uh, maybe you can stop and start a little bit more easily than they can.
1: Yeah, I I don't know how this is possible, Tommy, but I actually agree and disagree at the same time. So I agree. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree that one of his concerns is ball handling. Uh, If neither of you guys brought it up, that was going to be the next thing I bring up. I don't agree that he needs to get shiftier um, in any other area or have better ball handling in any other area, in my opinion, except for the drive. So we talked about his willingness to attack and how eager he is to go up and just play violently. But I find that his what I believe to be a really good handle sort of falters when he attacks the basket. And I can really, you can really sum it up as he's so eager to go that sometimes he forgets the ball along the way. Um, A lot of his turnovers this season came from driving and then losing the handle. So if he's going to rely on that um, and I'd imagine that he would attacking the basket as his primary offensive creation tool at the NBA level, he has to tighten up the handle um, on the way to the net. So that's number one. And then my number two concern with him, I I think Mike will absolutely agree with this. It's critical that the Pistons hit um, on a superstar in this draft. I mean, you could say that about any draft, but where the Pistons are right now as a franchise, this is a critical juncture and we need that ceiling raiser. You know, We need that guy who can be the best player on a championship team. And while I love Suggs for his all-around game, There's nothing in particular about him that stands out as an elite, elite, you know, top 1% skill that to me shows that he can be the best player on a championship team. Uh, I could be wrong, but to really there's no aspect of his game that you could say that's what you're going to go to to win a title. Um, So maybe that's less of a weakness of his as an overall prospect and more in terms of what the Pistons are looking for. But yeah, those are the two things that – I'm not going to say that I hate about him, but those are two things that give me pause for sure.
0: Yeah. I would say that's something we can talk about a bit later when, uh, when we discuss his, his fit with the Pistons, but uh, yeah, I mean, not, he brought it up. Yeah. He, I, there is no particularly elite skill uh, that, uh, that I see either from Jalen Suggs. He's a player who could have a good all around game, but if you're looking at a guy, well, let me say first, uh, just have to reiterate the three-point shooting again. I mean, not, not, not being a good three-point shooter <laughs> is going to, is going to really crater your floor. Uh, just, it, it creates so much less in the way of opportunities. Uh, just to touch on, on ball handling, uh, as far as shiftiness, I would classify him as more shifty than explosive. At the same time, I agree with you, Tommy, that, that yeah, in terms of ball handling, he's not a, really a guy who's going to be faking you out and really do that. That's something he'll have to learn to do. But is a lead guard. You just, you know, if, if you want to be that kind of player, and and uh, Jalen Suggs, I think, is really that kind of player. I don't think he's ever a player who's. He's, I think he's always a player who's going to lose quite a bit when he when he goes off the ball. You just, if you're going to be that kind of player for a, for a really good team, you've got to be really really good at your job. I mean, think guys like – I mean, I'm not saying he needs to be as good as these, as, as these players, but if you look at the elite lead guards, the guys who really take the ball and initiate the offense and spend the most time on the ball on their teams, uh, guys like Harden or, or Doncic, even somebody like Kyrie Irving, uh, who's never really excelled in that role as the lead guard, but but could. Uh, or, I mean, I'm, I'm sure leaving some guys up, like Giannis is in a category of his own, of course. But you just, you really need to be really good. Uh, You need to, you need to have a very complete game. You need to be a a very good offensive creator. So what would that take for Suggs? Yeah, you got to become shiftier on the drive. You've got to, uh, you've got to be able to hit those pull-up threes. You've got to be able to hit uh, those uh, pull-up, pull-up jump shots inside the arc. You got to be able to hit that floater. Uh, It's just, there's a long way to go. And uh, especially if you're forming your offense around a guy who is that lead guard, because a lot of teams these days are much more egalitarian in, in terms of their ball distribution. And I don't think Suggs is really that kind of guy.
2: Yeah. You brought up the, um, the
0: well, shiftiness. Let, me, let me, let me reiterate, actually, uh, or, or clarify, not that he's not that kind of guy, uh, you know, as, as a player, I'm sure he's going to play in any system. He seems like a super team for first guy, but in terms of his skill set. I don't think he's. I don't. I think he's most ideal as a lead guard. Uh,
2: when I when I was thinking of the shiftiness, I think straight line to the basket. He shows some good lateral mobility. And when I was thinking, when I was saying that he needs to improve his handle, uh, you brought up guys like Kyrie Irving, James Harden. If Jalen Suggs is going to be like an upper tier guard, he needs to learn to break down guys one on one, because that's what the Pistons kind of need right now. They need a guy who can feasibly, you give him the ball, you say, all right, we need you to score in, in the clutch, all right? I don't know if Jalen Suggs has that right now because right now his game is just, its he doesn't have enough of an arsenal to where the the defense is going to be like, all right, what is this guy going to do? He could do anything. Uh, that's what Jalen Suggs needs to add because right now I think Suggs just relies so much on, you know, driving in, creating the contact, putting a shoulder into a guy and then finishing with uh with with what is really good uh you know ability at, at the hoop but if he could be the guy who if he has a good defender on him you know fake left fake right add more to your bag that's what I want to see from Suggs because right now uh, he has it when he's got you know a full head of steam going to the basket but I want to see if he can add that from like a standstill
1: to be fair though I mean Jalen's 19 years old, right? And and we talk so much about his winning mentality. And in, in my opinion, he's the type of player who elevates his level of play relative to the situation around him. And so if the Pistons were to draft him and you know, Casey sits him down and says, look, when we're in the half court, you're the guy we're going to go to when we need a bucket. You're going to go one-on-one with some of the best defenders in the NBA and you're going to have to break them down and you're going to have to score somehow. Suggs, to me, is the kind of player who... Through trial and error, through practice, and through being thrown into the fire in-game experience, I don't see why he couldn't develop those skills. You know, I, I think that his 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 first step—I've said it a few times—I'll say it again—is maybe a little better than you guys are giving it credit for. I, I see him having the burst necessary um, right out of the gate when he starts his drive to get by guys. But as far as dribble moves are concerned and you know his lateral mobility and faking this way to go this way, I agree. It's a bit lacking at the moment, and probably right now you dropped him into an NBA team. He wouldn't be that guy to get you a bucket at will, um, but who's to say that 24-year-old Jalen Suggs couldn't be that guy? I think it's equally possible that he's that guy as much as Jalen Green, Evan Mobley, even Cade Cunningham. Like, I think Suggs has the potential to really improve as a player. Um, and I don't, I'm not taking that light. I really, really mean it. I think his mentality kind of speaks to how hard of a worker he is. And if anybody can develop, I think he can develop.
0: Uh, I, uh, I don't think, I mean, I don't think either of us is saying he's, he's got, uh, you know, whacking, uh, he's whacking in, in, in the area of first ever I would to say he's, he's nowhere near athletic to uh, athletic enough to be the kind of guy who's just going to be able to use the drive as his primary means of scoring. Uh, to somebody like a Giannis, for example, or... Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm or like John of, Morant. He, yeah, John Morant. Well, ja Morant has an like in-between like game. Drivers, yeah. Yeah, he's got, he's got a... He has two degree in in-between game. He's got a fantastic floater. But, yeah, he's Suggs He's 99th
2: is, percentile.
0: Yeah, he's he's very... In terms of athleticism, he's just... I mean, his, his agility is really something else. I mean, you just watch him bounce on his way to the basket. So... But Suggs, he could just in, in order to, to be effective on the drive, uh, given that he isn't that elite athlete, I think, uh, I think just as with anybody of that archetype, he's going to have to have other skills. And I'm not talking about three point shooting, which you've got to have period, uh, unless you're very, very specific players. And, and I really, really don't think Jalen Suggs isn't that archetype. I mean, I'm thinking about Giannis and Jimmy Popper. Of course, these are much bigger players for one, but it's very, very different. Uh, you got to have that that three-point shot in, in the first place. Uh, but beyond that, for Suggs, I mean, I think he's got to get shiftier, and he's got to have the in-between game, and that will allow him to, to attack the basket more effectively in addition to giving him more tools. Uh, all right, do you guys have uh, anything to add here before we move on to his fit with the Pistons?
2: Yeah, I would just say, Dante, I agree with you. He could certainly add this. I do believe in the ability that he has shown and and uh, in the effort that he has shown uh, in terms of, you know, I believe this guy is going to get better. So if, if as badly as he seems to want to win, uh, I have no doubt that he's going to improve. I just don't know, you know, there, there's no, nothing's guaranteed is all I'm saying. So that's definitely something he needs to improve on. And he certainly has the, the motivation I'll say uh, to get there.
1: No, nothing's guaranteed. No, nothing is guaranteed. And, and we've, we, we've had shades of this discussion before, talking about Sadiq Bay. Like Sadiq Bay came into the NBA with defined skills, um, and because of that, he was perceived to have a lower ceiling. And and you know we've had this conversation a million times. We won't rehash it. But I, I definitely don't take for granted the value of um, a, a bird in the hand, right? Seeing that a prospect possesses a particular skill. Um, and then not, you know, not projecting them out to improve too much to the point where it, it's unrecognizable from the original prospect that they were like, you know, draft, uh, draft junkies tend to get away from that and maybe over project players. So I hear what you guys are saying. Um, a lot of it comes down to what do you see before they even get to the NBA? Because projecting them out is, is projecting those skill sets to expand is not always reliable. It's not an accurate science. So I do agree. All I'm contending is that I think Suggs is a special player when it comes to mentality and and Mike has said it time and time again and I agree you have to balance talent with culture and ultimately the scale kind of tips towards talent like that's really key in this league that's number one Uh, but I just think he possesses such a special mentality and you know I don't want to I don't want to go on for too long I'll I'll pass it off to my co-host here, but there is something I want to say about uh, who I want on the floor come playoff time. And it is Jalen Suggs and, and I'll get into that, you know, hopefully if we have time at the end, but for right now, that's, that's what I'd have to say about existing skill set versus projecting those skills out to be developed.
0: All right. So moving on to his fit with the Pistons and we're not just talking about roster fit. Uh, I, I would say that there are, of course, two schools of thoughts based on uh, as far as drafting, based on where a team is. One is drafting by fit. Um, one is just drafting your pure talent. I think that's a little simplistic, and I I'd, uh, I just kind of weigh a middle option as you draft for need. I mean, that's not a middle option. I think that's just overall you draft for need. So uh, that's that's what we're really going to be referring to here, as well as his roster fit. And yeah, I think it certainly bears reiterating that's the the. Uh, compete ball rebuilding plan, which is is different from how most teams rebuild. You know, usually it's I I don't want to use the word process, which has really been appropriated by the, by the 76ers for their, you know, all time uh, tankiest tank job and, and uh, American sports history tank job. But, but, it's just it's different how Weaver did it, and it, it really it had its its pros, but it also I think set the Pistons up to not be another high lottery team next season. Uh, they really did not lose by very much. They had some, you know, for the most part, they had some really really clutch losses if we're talking about draft position. <laughs> like they were a horrible clutch team. They lost a lot of close games, and if you if you couple. Uh, granted they did enjoy very good health and that was for the most part amongst the team's principals, And that was helpful. But I think if you couple the addition of a draft, you know, of a good draftee this year, maybe two uh, in the first rounds and uh, with uh, improvement from the team's youth uh, that, uh, that might come in possibly in significant measure, certainly compared to last off season when none of them got to work out at the NBA level, I don't think you have a team that's in the high lottery anymore. So, yeah, it's as Dante said. I think you. This is a very important pick to hit on. And yeah, Uh and of course, when it comes to Suggs, in terms of you know, as you asked, Dante, is he a superstar kind of player? That that that's a concern I have about him. But uh, just in, in terms of where he'd fit on this roster.
1: Yeah i i I'm gonna leave the team fit to Tommy because I know that Tommy has quite a few thoughts on that, but. I'll talk very briefly about culture fit. Um, You know, this compete while rebuilding thing that Troy is trying to do. I I think that Jalen Suggs exemplifies that attitude. You know, if you could take that attitude and turn it into a player, um, Jalen Suggs exemplifies it more than any other player in this class. And, you know, the guys are going to have to indulge me here because they've heard this a a couple of times over the, over the past few days, but I'm i I'm a big Leafs fan. I've just seen, the most humiliating collapse of at least the past two decades. Um, As I explained it to Tommy, the Leafs basically, uh, what happened to them in the playoffs is the equivalent of, you know, a uh, 60-win first-seeded team in a conference losing to um, a 30-win team, eighth-seeded, in seven games. And so the Leafs lost to the Canadians in round one, and I – I was dejected, and I, <laughs> it's been a tough couple of days trying to process that. But it really ties into this whole Jalen Suggs discussion because once the Leafs collapsed and just completely embarrassed themselves, I threw myself into studying Suggs. And as I was watching him, I couldn't help but think about how perfectly he fits this culture um, that Weaver's building. You know, the Leafs lost because even though they're more talented than the Canadians, they're mentally weak. They're fragile you know they crumble at the slightest bit of pressure and the superstar players on that team don't elevate their play and they don't elevate the play of those around them when it's crunch time and as I'm watching Suggs you know drain that buzzer beater to send them to the finals be a winning player and winning player as in make the right reads make the right passes do everything in his power to make sure that his team is in a position to actually win the game that's invaluable you know I there's something to be said and, and it's like Mike always says, you know, yeah, talent does outweigh culture at the end of the day, but there's something to be said about someone who time and time again puts their body on the line and consistently, when the lights shine the brightest, put on the best performance. You know, they, it's it's almost like Suggs becomes a better player the bigger the moment is. And like like I've been saying to Mike and Tommy the past few days... The rebuild is, uh, you know, it's it's cute to talk about potential and this and that and hope for losses and hope for a high draft pick. But there's going to come a time, take it from a Leafs fan, there's going to come a time very soon um, where the Pistons are going to be in the playoffs. We're going to want them to win. And when we want them to win, we need these guys to step up and perform. And I have no doubt that Jalen Suggs is, is you know, in those critical stages of a season. He's a high-level performer. And so in that sense, I think he culturally he fits right into what we're trying to do. And, you know, he's someone I, I personally I would really like if the Pistons took if they ended up with the fourth or fifth pick. So that's kind of my it's kind of my rant on the on the subject. So I'll, I'll leave it to the other guys now.
2: Yeah, culturally, I, I definitely agree with you. I think Suggs fits this group very, very well. I think it's a player like him in terms of personality is exactly what Weaver is looking for. Uh, but you have to kind of look at what Mike said, uh, this could be the last time that the Pistons uh, pick this high for this rebuild cycle. So assuming things go well, you know, your projected starting lineup for next year, maybe midway through the season is Jalen Suggs, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bay, Jeremy Grant, Isaiah Stewart. And that could be like your core, you know, your, this is what we're going to roll with in the future. And this, these, these are the guys that we want uh, to take us to a championship. You know, I just don't think that Suggs is going to elevate us to that point. Uh, It's 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 not to say that he can't. You know, it's clear that the Pistons are going to rely very heavily on internal development. They just recently hired uh, John Beeline. And and that's definitely something that Casey has been talking about recently is, you know, we want to see these guys grow. And they're they're committing to that. You know, there's no uh, they're not pretending like you know, we're just going to keep adding better players. No, they're they're committed to making the group that they have the best they can be. Um, so when you think about that lineup, those five guys, they're all positive defenders. Uh, and that's great, you know, that you're talking about a lineup where there is no defensive weakness that the opposition is going to target. Like with the Warriors, uh, they have to hide Steph Curry on, on defense. Uh, they have to switch him off of the ball whenever possible. It's something that they work around because obviously he's like, one of the greatest offensive players of all time, but that's not going to be an issue with this group. You know, whoever has the ball is going to be a capable on or off ball defender. Uh, That's an advantage. You know, this is a team that's going to create a lot of transition opportunities. And Jalen Suggs is a very good transition player. I just don't know that the ceiling is really that great. And I'm sure that, you know, you're wondering, well, Jalen Suggs, Killian Hayes, what is the fit there? Like, so, we can get into that, but I think uh, I, I guess what, what I want to hear what your guys' thoughts on that starting lineup would be.
0: On that starting lineup, uh, well, I mean, first I would say that, like, yeah, needing to play around Curry, uh, I don't know how Golden State has managed to do it all these years. Just must have been really tough. I'm just of course, <laughs> but uh... <laughs> I'm talking about
2: defensively. They absolutely uh... <laughs> do hide him defensively.
0: That's true. Though he's he's not he's not as weak as uh, as as some. I might suspect, uh, is maybe a slightly below-average defender. He used to be a liability, but uh, he's, uh, as far as I understand, it is not terrible. It's just they, they can very adeptly hide him because they have other defenders. Other, they've always had other good defenders on the floor. Uh, whatever the case. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that lineup... Uh, if you're looking at five man lineup, I'm sure you've got five hardworking guys. You've maybe it, it's it's tough to project where Killian will fall. It's tough to project, but it's a little bit it, you never know what Jalen sucks even where he's going to fall. Uh, I think uh, we've we've been over it several times where we think uh, where we each think Sadiq is going to is going to be Jeremy Grant. I think what you see is what you got. Guy who's uh, a guy who's going to be much more suited to be the second or third option on a good team. And can probably be quite a bit more efficient in that capacity. because his efficiency really tailed off as the season went on, particularly in the second half, and uh, and can focus more on defense, uh, which he wasn't as good this season, probably because he was, you know, he was just he went from a role where he was just shooting threes and cutting to one room, which he was getting plastered on the way to the basket. So, uh, yeah, just the the trouble that that lineup would be would be certainly quite capable, I think, defensively. Uh, uh, decent on offense. I just think that it would lack that elite creator you need. I think Jeremy Grant can be a capable secondary creator, but you need that elite creator. And is that Jalen Suggs? Is he elite? Is he going to be elite at anything? And uh, and that's your question. And uh, But it, it might be a little bit less of a question for those of us who would take Jalen Suggs at four, <laughs> you know, because that, that's when the guys who might be better at that are gone.
1: Yeah, that's and just to be clear, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Tommy jump in right here, but but just to be clear, I personally, um, out of these top four, I would have Suggs like squarely ranked number four. So even though I kind of went into it with the culture and 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 how he fits and how he might be able to elevate his play, I do think talent reigns supreme. I think out of um, the consensus top four prospects, he. I don't know if any of us would disagree that he's probably the least talented. Um, I think his ceiling is definitely the murkiest based on his current skill set. All I'm contending for is that if we do end up with the fourth or fifth pick and and we we end up with Jalen Suggs, I don't think it's the worst consolation prize in the world. If anything, I think it's one of the better consolation prizes you could you could get in any draft picking four or five.
2: Yeah, that's 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 all true. I think when you look at this lineup, you're kind of banking on them being greater than the sum of their parts, and you know, this is a team that is. You're gonna hope that they're like the 0-4 Pistons, where you know it's not the most talented team, but they just play so well together and play so hard for each other. Uh, everybody in this projected starting lineup is a guy that's going to play hard for his teammates. Nobody here is, you know, is gonna be accused of being a, like a guy who gets. Tunnel vision. It's just going to be five hardworking guys who try to create advantages in ways that are maybe outside of you know elite individual talent. I don't know that that's a practical way to build a championship team in today's league. Uh, it's maybe a little bit. Uh, I don't know what the word would be. Is just somewhat, maybe a bit unrealistic. It's wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah. Um, exactly. yeah. Exactly. But uh, I, I don't hate the fit. I think uh, Jalen Suggs and Killian Hayes have complementary skill sets. I think you'd have to balance them in a, in a weird way. Uh, maybe they split the ball handling duties 50, 50. Uh, but I think, you know, given their, their off the dribble shooting problems, I think if you use them, right, they can create for each other and the weaknesses that they individually show can be compensated for by the other one. I think Suggs uh, is a much better creator than Killian. I think he has a much easier time getting to where he wants. Whereas Killian was, like you said, uh, allergic to contact so i think Suggs will be able to create opportunities for killian and we can make better use of killian's passing vision uh, than killian can do on his own so i think that there are reasons to be optimistic about the fit but it would be so dependent on you know, this is a group of five guys who are going to play very very well together i don't know that how realistic that is in terms of you know projecting out a championship ceiling uh, it's just going to have to be guys who you know the fit is like flawless, yeah, and that's going to be that's going to come down to the coaching staff.
0: I just absolutely hate it whenever brings Not absolutely hate, it, I really dislike it whenever anybody brings up the, the two thousand and four Pistons and in, in relation to in the context of today's NBA. Uh, did
2: that just
0: I, for I, you? Yeah, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, I know that you weren't bringing it up as kind of like a team, a team model that could actually succeed. It's just, uh, yeah, it's it's important for any championship, any team with championship aspirations to be more than some of its parts. I mean, teams that uh, teams that are not are unlikely to win a championship unless they've got an overwhelming degree of talent like golden state did. But it's just having a team of, full of five guys who play well together and, uh, and, and work hard is not going to be enough to get you past in many cases, like the second round, unless you have that elite scoring talent. It's like, it's like superstars win championships these days. Uh, the 2004 Pistons are the last team to win without a super, a superstar talent. And that's not coincidental. It, uh, those those rules were changed in in uh, after the Spurs won actually in two thousand and five because it was super boring to watch unless you're a Pistons fan or a Spurs fan to watch a team win like that. Your your casual fans want to watch more scoring, and they want to watch uh, you know your superstar plays. And the NBA went one step further in twenty eighteen with the, uh, the freedom of motion rules. In in terms of uh, you know making it that much harder to play defense and, and that much. Just making offense that more po- uh, that more potent rather important. To have a good defense, obviously important to be more than the sum of your parts, obviously, but also completely vital to have that superstar scoring talent who can uh, you know who can make something out of nothing. So that certainly would would be a concern over Suggs, and again, I think we all have him at number four, and it's like yeah, it's it's not the end of the world uh, if you get him if you pick him at number four. It's just I think we would all prefer to have uh, the three the get, you know, the three guys above him when it comes to his fit with Killian. I think uh, I have to strongly disagree. (laughs) I mean, you know, this already, but I strongly disagree. You have two guys who are both, you know, again, if you're picking a number four, you're probably not worrying about his fit with Killian Hayes. And uh, unless Weaver is really into book night or something, or Kuminga, I, I doubt it, but who knows? But if you're looking purely at that fit, I think it's very bad. I think you have two guys who are both best on the ball you don't want guys having to compete for possession or saying, Oh, we're going to share possession. I mean, you look at two of the greatest of uh, the greatest guards of all time. And James Harden and Chris Paul, you put them on the team and, uh, and they're both excellent shooters. And it still wasn't ideal because you have two guys, you you've got so much of your team loaded into two guys who are best on the ball. And one of them can't be. It's also, it's it's a model that doesn't work in the NBA. You look at the trailblazers. uh, They struggle with so much loaded into McCollum and, uh, and Willard and Willard is a spectacular player. I'd be Thrilled if Suggs, if business drafted Suggs and either he or Kelly were eighty percent of that, uh, and also these guys have the same win conditions, you know, in terms of the development, you got to become a good shooter, and you know Kelly in particular, you have to have a good in between game, but uh, and you know he has the left hand dominance to worry about that that sucks doesn't, but sucks too. You you know your in between game doesn't have to be as good, but you still have to have that. So you have, have guys who who both have the same conditions to succeed, who are both best on the ball. And you're loading a lot of talent into, into into two basically two lead guards. The only other team aside from the Trailblazers on that now is is the, is the Cavaliers and the, the Cavaliers. So I'm not going to use them as an example, but it's just it's far from ideal. So I, I think the fit there is pretty poor, and Wes Hayes really ends up as kind of a Lonzo Ball three and D and pass kind of player, and I think that'd be disappointing.
2: It might be disappointing, but I think there's a real chance that's what he ends up being. I'm not calling him a bust. I'm not saying that he he's never going to be a guy who can penetrate to the basket. But you know, before the season even started, he said, "No, I can go. I can I can use my right hand. That's not an issue." And he got to the yeah, NBA was, and the physicality. Was <laughs> yeah, it was <laughs> that it was not an issue for him.
0: Yeah, so neither willing maybe, nor able.
2: Yeah, so maybe that is an issue, and maybe that is something that you have to account for. But I think you can work around Killian Hayes deficiencies and a little bit of Suggs's because I think Killian Hayes is a much better off-ball player or I think he's more useful there because his three-point shot looks better that way. Uh, I think somebody else creating driving lanes for him will look will give him much more use of his passing vision uh, than him trying to break down the defense on his own, and he can't even you know choose between which direction he wants to go. He's pretty firmly going left. Uh, there's just a lot of issues that I think you can fix. Maybe not fix, but work around if Suggs is there to create and as far as Suggs goes, like he's a guy who, like you said, is a very good off-ball mover. So if, if Killian does have the ball, maybe Suggs is going to be a guy who, who's driven inside, he's gotten the offense going, kicks it out to Killian Hayes, and then Killian Hayes has a much better opportunity to get things going after being helped by Suggs. I think that it would take work, and it would take a very good coach to make it work, but I, I could see it working like very well for both of them because I don't think either of them would struggle to play off the ball half the time.
0: Okay. But sure. They wouldn't struggle, but is it ideal?
2: I I guess you're asking like, is it, I, it would just be better if they were better players, but uh, there's no guarantee that they're going to.
0: Oh, I know uh, that. Take massive leaps. Yeah. There's no guarantee of that, but is it ideal versus say being able to draft a girl like, uh, like the other Jalen, Jalen green, who might be able to i don't know this i hate this comparison it's just the one that came up in my head because it would you know <laughs> you know anybody who's listening you'll see the problem with this comparison this is what came in my head is like okay maybe killian can be the the Derek fisher to, to, to kobe bryant of course Derek <laughs> fisher wasn't that good yeah and kobe bryant is one of the greatest players uh, in the history of basketball but uh, I, I think yeah i, I just think that. I think that it would be far from ideal and a lot would have to go right to make it an ideal fit. But again, yeah. Suggs isn't, you know, Suggs isn't the ideal prize for any of us in this draft. No. Yeah, and you guys have him fourth. I have him third personally. Right.
2: I forgot about uh, that. Right. Yeah, and if, if, if that is the case, maybe it would make more sense for you to look at a guy like who has more score, like lead scoring potential, uh, but has more of a ways to go like James book Knight or, Kian Johnson but we we pretty firmly have these guys up here and we'll talk about like guys who maybe a better fit or fill a, a more important role but I think for where we have him I think the risk is worth taking and I could see it working.
1: I am with you Mike it's it's not the optimal setup with him and Killian um I don't think any of us would really contend that but but I do think if we were to fall to 4 or 5 it's an interesting discussion because what are you going to do? Not pick them. Like, like I think Suggs personally is, I think there's a big gap between um, the top four and the rest of this draft class. You know, when you talk about book night, you talk about Moses Moody, there, there there's prospects that are interesting, but realistically, if you get a top four pick, it's going to be one of these top four guys. And if you're picking fourth, more than likely it's going to be Jalen Suggs, I'd say. And so even though the fit isn't um, perfect, uh, it's, it's like, what are you really going to do? Kind of Troy's hands are tied at that point. And I think we can certainly find some positives with the fit. I don't think it's disastrous. I think they can probably make it work if they get creative with it. But at the end of the day, just because it isn't ideal, doesn't mean we shouldn't go ahead and pick him if he's there at number four, if you if you kind of catch what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I don't I, – I'm not certain he would be the number four. Uh, I think uh, – Well, it depends. Are, yeah, it, it depends. Really depends on who picks. Yeah, it really depends on who picks. Uh, who picks – one through three. Uh, all right, let's end this with, uh, player comparisons. Uh, what do you guys have Dante? And I know you have one, you feel, you feel pretty good about.
1: Yeah. My, my comparison would be, um, if any of the listeners can picture, uh, a taller, more athletic Kyle Lowry, um, that's, that, that's probably who I would compare Suggs to. And I think a lot of that stems from the fact that very much like Jalen Suggs, Kyle Lowry, to me, and, and and trust me, I've talked about the Raptors before. I, I can't stand them, but I, I do give credit where credit is due. Lowry's a good player, and I've watched quite a bit of him. And there's no one particular area where I would say that, oh, Kyle Lowry is a lead in this. He's a lead in that. He's exceptional at this. He's good at a lot of things um there's maybe uh, a few minutiae of his game that you could pick out and say that he's you know really tremendous at but the, nothing big comes to mind. He's just a good winning player. You know, he's solid. Having him out there on the floor is pretty much always a net positive. And Suggs reminds me of that but with a little more burst, you know, a little bit better defense and and some more much needed height. And so if you can get an upgraded version of Kyle Lowry, that's a good player and that's a good pick.
0: I would say about Lowry. Uh, he is, uh, you know, his percentages may vary, but on the whole, he is a very good motion three-point shooter. I mean, and that's that's a big thing. It's that's, that's uh, an important component of his effectiveness. Uh, he can take the ball around screens and shoot right away. And, of course, Jalen Suggs is a long way to go as a three-point shooter. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Kyle Lowry is, is definitely a very good player. That said, firmly the second-best guy in a championship team. Uh, and, uh, you know, just, just going back into, into our discussion about Suggs' ceiling. Uh I would say uh and I, I might think differently by by draft night, but what the one that comes to mind is Malcolm Brogdon with better defense but considerably worse shooting.
1: That's a good one.
0: Yep. Yeah. So and, and more he's more athletic than Brogdon, too. But I mean Brogdon's no slouch. He, he manages to get where he wants to go. But is kind of like a lead guard who is good. You know, Brogdon scores. You know, high twenties if I remember correctly, uh, or mid twenties uh, per game, and uh, but is not a good enough lead guard to take a team anywhere. I mean, we see that you've got you've got uh, with the Pacers, of course, they had a lot of injuries this year. But even with TJ Warren, I, I really don't think this is going to be a team that was going to get past the second round. You know, that's that is not a good big three. <laughs> and if you've got with the Pistons, uh, you know, again, if Suggs if Suggs is like is anywhere near the best guy in your team. I, th- I think it's unlikely that they're going to be, that uh, he's going to be taking any team to a championship or anywhere near it. Uh, but that's a bold claim and one that could uh, certainly turn out to be untrue. But whatever the case, Brogdon is the one that, uh, is the one that comes to mind. Uh, certainly very good scorer, but not, not elite uh, Is a lead guard, but not elite. All right. Uh, so uh, I think we'll call it uh, an hour and 11 minutes on this episode Uh, Next is going to be, uh, excuse me, for next uh, week's episode is going to be uh, the player whom Tommy does have ranked number four on his list, and that is Evan Mobley. So as always, thanks for listening. We'll catch you in the next episode.